Welcome to WP Tonic, episode 43. Today we have Carrie Dills on, who is an expert WordPress freelance website developer from Fort Worth, Texas. And I think she uh, is in a rowboat somewhere out there. We're not sure. But she has been making websites since 1998. And recently, she uh, not recently, but she's really putting 100% of her effort over in WordPress using the Genesis framework, which I absolutely love being that business guy applier of WordPress. So, Carrie, thank you for coming on the show today. Jonathan's going to take it away and with his amazing big brain, ask you some questions. Thanks, Carrie. And thanks. I know that you're slowly sinking in Texas. It's... It's getting bad, isn't it? Cat and dogs all the time. I'm sitting on a, a life raft right now. All right. So if, I, um, if I look wavy, that's why. Yeah. And, yeah. Our, yeah. and our websites, were, and the internet's working well right now on Skype. Yeah, exactly. So maybe it was um, worth fixing. I think we're going to go into how you got into the crazy world of WordPress. And then you've done some recent posts that have been really fantastic. And I thought we'd have a chat about that, Kerry. But first of all, we've got to discuss the big story. And it probably is going to be one of the biggest or the biggest story probably in 2015 in the WordPress community. Automatic buying, woo, themes, woo, commas. You know, what What do you make of it all, Kerry? <laughs> I, it's it's interesting to see these uh, acquisitions by automatic. Um, I'm curious to see how they'll continue uh, if the structure. Because right now, WooCommerce is you know the uh, free core and then paid extensions, and I mean some free extensions. And uh, I'm curious to see if that model continues or or what changes with automatic. Yeah, it is interesting, isn't it? You know, I think the mechanics, you know, it's going to take a little while to sort out because they're kind of different models. But overall, um, I see it as a quite a positive move in some ways. Um, do you think they're going to keep separate uh, theme? Because, you know, they were trying to develop their own framework called Canvas, weren't they, as well, weren't they? Do you think they're going to do that as well? Or? Oh, gosh, I, I, I really don't know. Uh, I had a bat phone that was connected directly to Matt Mullenweg's office. Yeah. But with all this flooding, it, it yeah. washed away. And yeah, so I, I kind of lost my insider track on that. But uh, yeah, I don't know if they'll, it seems like they'll focus more, I mean, I'm guessing, focus more on WooCommerce uh, than the theme aspect. But oh, I am talking to Matt. I'm trying to get him on the show, but he says he's got to prepare himself for the madness. <laughs> <laughs> all right so um can you imagine if we had like three starts like we did today with matt oh yeah yeah he's taking tranquilizers already to prepare himself actually <laughs> uh um, so uh um yeah, it is interesting. Um, I imagine Brian, you know, Brian Clark is already banking the thirty million for Rainmaker. What do you reckon, Kerry? I don't know, thirty million, but I'm I'm guessing, <laughs> what I'm guessing you there's some success there. Or you know what? Maybe there's not. Maybe they're still in that initial. Uh, we're going to throw some development th at this and see if it takes off. Um, yeah. They have such a strong underpinning as a company. Uh, you know, I don't I don't know whether Rainmaker will go the long haul. I'm sure uh, Clark wants it to go the long haul, um, and I think it yeah. probably. But. 
Well, you know, if it does, then he just sell it to automatic money. You know, it's not bad. <laughs> not, you know, lose show. <laughs> it's not a bad outcome, isn't it? And that thirty million. I know it's only short change for uh, Brian, but it's not bad money, is it? Uh, <laughs> that was only being flippant there. So um, you seem to suggest that you've got no real. You know, you, you you know you have no mental connection with Matt, so it's difficult to know. But what's your gen- to get serious? What do you? I I do see it as a positive move in a way. Do you do you see it something positive? From a user perspective, yes, because anytime you can, I'm thinking more about WordPress.com users, but anytime you can make it simpler to uh, for a user to get connected say, to credit card processing or, uh, or, or selling, selling their products, the easier it is for them, the better. And I think that's what uh, WooCommerce will enable Automatic to do. Yeah, because I was actually looking at an article um, on post-status, and they give also some links and a graph about the actual e-commerce market. And I was amazed at how fragmented it still is, Kerry, you know, that, you know, um, you would have thought like Shopify and big commas. Actually, they, they've got quite, like Shopify's only got like 5% at the most and WooCommerce t- is increasing ticker big, but it's an enormous gray block block of almost 55%, which they, they don't really know what they're using. <laughs> Those are the people that are using PayPal and just didn't want to admit it. Yeah, you know, so it is still a very, very fragmented market. So I think there's still a lot of traction. That's probably why Automatic bought it, you know. Um, But it was surprising. There was no hint that they were going to go down that route at all, was there? Uh, No. I mean, if there was conversation, it was happening behind some closed doors, but uh, it seemed to come a little bit out of the blue. He's a great poker player, that Matt. I tell you what, I'm not going to play poker with him. I'd lose every time. Uh, so we're going to leave that, and then we're going to go on to more safer ground for you. Um, so basically, uh, yes. You, uh, <laughs> um, so can you give us, um, how did you get into the crazy world of WordPress, Kerry? You seem a very stable, down-to-earth lady. So how did you get into this crazy world? Well, I only look stable right now because I took my meds before I... <laughs> came onto the show today. Uh, so I've been to web development for a long, long time, and just back in the days when you were you know, duct-taping stuff together with HTML and uh, some a little bit of server-side database stuff, but mostly just hard-coding everything uh, straight, straight for client-side. Uh, won't bore you with all my career diversions, but eventually found myself uh, working at a job with a guy who uh, worked with WordPress on the side. And he was telling me about it, telling me what you could do with it, um, and this whole concept of a content management system that already just existed out of the box <coughs> that you didn't have to custom build uh, was fascinating. So uh, I started dabbling in it, and uh, you know, within the year was uh, hung out my shingle and and taking on clients, so, and the rest is downhill. So, what, when, what, what time period was that? This was probably 2011-ish. Yeah, I, I got into it around 2008, 2009, um, 2.8, 2.9, just before um, custom posts really, you know, 
when I think it was actually WooCommerce when they integrated the menu system. And I think they got that from WooCommerce, didn't they? And yeah. just just before custom post types, that, and that that's when it really took off as um as a product in some ways. Um so that's great. Um so what led you into the world of Studio Press and Genesis then? How how long was it before you kind of went it down that pathway? Um, it, it didn't take me too long. So when I started working with WordPress, I mean the concept of themes is <clears throat> it's just overwhelming. Not the concept, but the the how many there are in the marketplace. Uh, so I did a lot of you know just sniffing around. I you know downloaded a bunch of themes from WordPress.org. I tried. Uh, elegant themes, Genesis, uh, basically just tried anything I could get my hands on uh, to get a feel for it. And coming from a development background, uh, having the flexibility to go in and, and make edits and get things just how you wanted uh, was very important to me. Um, so that, I think that's probably what initially led me to uh, Studio Press and Genesis. It was the the first one that seemed the most intuitive to uh, to work with and be able to customize. I know for folks that have like you that have been around WordPress and uh, standard WordPress themes for a while that uh, the way Genesis does things might seem kind of back back asshole, but uh, I don't know. Something in my brain it clicked. Yeah, because um, folks, we had a little bit of um, we've had some minor technical problems, and we had a bit of a chat. And I've been trying to learn Genesis. I've been uh, for the past few months, and I'm struggling. But I did get your video from Lynda.com, and that confused me even more. Not because it's not excellent. <laughs> um, you, you do you do your best to explain it very straightforwardly. Yeah. I meant um, to mention that Lynda.com um, relationship too in your intro, so we'll yeah. mention it now. <laughs> yeah, because um, I'd like to point out that Kerry um, does an excellent um, intermediate to advanced um, Genesis course on lynda.com. And, um, and her website is killer <coughs> for finding information out about Genesis. It certainly is. It's a great resource. And thank you for um, continuing in developing that, Kerry. It's a, yeah, absolutely. It's a great- if I could put in a, uh, a little bonus for your listeners, uh, if anybody wants a free 10-day trial of Linda, which is plenty of time to take, uh, I mean, most of the classes on there under an hour. <clears throat> so you could get a lot under your belt in 10 days, uh, but go to uh, Linda, L-Y-N-D-A dot com slash trial slash carry deals. Uh, okay, so we'll definitely we'll put that link in there too. Yeah, so... Um, and and FYI, commercial for Linda, um, I, I'm the kind of person who puts Linda on for the summertime for my kids. It's another way to think about it. I got a 13 or 15-year-old daughter. So the whole family, you know, does their Linda for the summer when they're not in school. Oh, nice. A lot of people don't think about that, but it's a great platform for learning. And it's nice to be an instructor there. So hey, can I ask can a qu- I'm going to ask a question real fast because the yeah, audience wants to know, those people who are the business developers and that sort of thing, we want to know for Linda is when you become a Linda instructor, what's it like and how do you become a Linda instructor? And do they teach? They have a certain format how they teach, of course. So what's that process to become a Linda instructor? Uh, so I first learned WordPress over at lynda.com. Uh, there's a fella, Morton Rand Hendrickson, who teaches, uh, we don't know who he, but you don't, yeah, we we won't talk about him. Morton, Uh, one of our board members. 
fantastic guy. Uh, and so I'm, I met him for the first time out at, at WordCamp San Francisco in, in 2013. And I mean, you would have thought he was Mick Jagger. I was fawning all over him and having fangirl moments. And Morton, you know, who's mortified, he's, I'm sure. He's our, here's our feminist board member <laughs> on WP Tonic. Yes. Uh, yes. Uh, Jonathan's going, what? Oh uh, yeah, I love just to ask Morton his opinion about anything because then you can you can get going on an interesting conversation. Yeah, uh, I'd just like to say he's been our longest, and I mean the longest interview we've ever had. We've actually had to break it up into three episodes. <laughs> he's our panelist. He's also <laughs> a panelist our, on WP of Tonic. Our, we ended up with three episodes of an hour long each. That's uh, fantastic. Anyway, Carrie, we've really interrupted you some more, both yes, of us. We have, oh, we? No, so drive on, as we say, Jonathan. Uh, I'm checking um, up Jonathan here because of yeah, the feminist comment. Yeah. So, <laughs> actually, um, actually um, Bill's brought up an aspect that I was going to actually ask you. How you know you 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 are? I wouldn't say unusual. That's the wrong word. But you you're. I might be unusual. Though so you're, you're experienced developer, you're well followed, but you're also a female, and there still doesn't seem to be enough female developers. In oh my, what you know? Um, have you got any insights why that is? And has Jonathan? You know, we didn't find out about how she became um, on Linda. I thought you were going to say about how I became a female developer. Well, uh, <laughs> this is a great show. You fit right in. We got to get you on your regular panel. Yes, uh, but what, uh, basically, do you want to answer the Linda question yeah. first? So you got, go, we, were, go we got off the, shot with uh, Morton. Morton's easy to get off track. Yeah, to okay, go on well, to the second part. I'll give you the, the, the quick rundown. So uh, built a relationship with Morton, and he thought that I would be uh, what good for the types of instructors Linda was looking for. So he introduced, uh, introduced me, and I went through a series of interviews, and uh, and within the year was out there recording, recording courses. So they have a, well, a beautiful fast. facility out in, uh, uh, Southern California and it's just, everything is done exceptionally well. In other words, we're not recording on, uh, you know, iPod earbuds. It's <laughs> is not bad. If you're going to record, it's not a, a bad platform to record off it could be worse could be worse uh yeah and then they were not to not to rabbit trail even further um but i'm sure you probably heard the news here in the last couple of months they were acquired by linkedin so uh there's still a little bit of a question mark over what uh what that merge will look like but yeah very good so so women women developers yeah you know you know reflecting back on your career um, do you think it's cool, you know, to get the gravitas, the serious, you know, being treated as, you know, I, I try and treat everybody equal. I, I just see it as a human rights issue. I don't really care your femininity, your sexuality, if you're green, yellow, you know, I just see it as a human right issue. But do you, have you faced any problems, you know, because of you, you know, being a female, you know, in your career choice, uh, I really haven't, and I'll, I'll I'll put two asterisks on this. Number one, I know that it, it uh, that women do face problems, so the the fact that that's not my experience isn't reflective of the whole. Mm-hmm. Um, <coughs> but secondly, I, I I can also 
maybe be unaware at times. And to to give you a uh, an example, I was recently on a um, some email chains with uh, a third part a third party friend who's male, and then um, a client who is male. And I was getting some pushback, and we we're just you know going a friendly way, but just kind of going back and forth. And uh, my male colleague suggested that not saying this was the case, but sometimes, you know, people might think that they could push you over a little bit before, because of your female. So, you know, stand, uh, stand firm and, and make a point because you have a valid point. Uh, I'm not describing this very well, but all that to say, I don't know even if that was happening and it didn't impact my behavior, but things like that could have happened. And I'm just so oblivious. I don't even catch it. Well, you're a Texas girl, aren't you? Yeah. Tough. I tell you what, we're we're packing heat right and left. <laughs> Bring it on. Hey, let me let me quantify one thing about Morton too. And when he he does on his website, he calls himself a feminist. And if you talk to him, he'll he'll talk about that. His whole idea is to promote uh, equality online in the websites and to get more females active in doing this type of business till it's neutral. I'm not sure why it evolved like it is. You know, like uh-huh. podcasting is 85% male, 15% female. Really? It's, it's moving. It's starting to get more female, but it's, it's really unique. Yeah, it's quite interesting. Um, on the, um, I, I, think in, I, I think of the development um, communities, I think WordPress, um, this is just my perspective, you know, and I, I would like your reflection on this. I think of the development communities that – I've been part of, I think WordPress is the most welcoming of all types of people, you know, for, you know, of all backgrounds. Would you agree with that? I, I would. And I mean, I haven't done exhaustive comparison, but generally speaking, uh, you know, things trickle downhill and it's, I mean, all the way up to uh, Matt Mullenweg, it's very clear that the foundation and uh, the project is interested in equality, equal participation, respect, uh, all those all those things. So I think that's um, really permeated uh, the WordPress community and made it uh, unique among others. And the fact that I mean, I could list off the top of my head some just crackerjack uh, female developers uh, in the WordPress space. I mean. No lost for a long list there. Yeah, but I've got to tell you, you know, obviously you've been on it and we we love you to have you back in the following months. You know, we do WP Tonic Live, our crazy live show with our panel. And I've got to tell you, Kerry, we have, you know, I actively try and get um, ladies on the show. We have one regular panelist, um, Sally. Um but I find it hard, actually, and I've really um, gone out my way to try and get ladies on the show, and and Morton's been encouraging and and tried to help me on that. But it's not always easy. Um, I'm going to give you a cheat sheet. Right. Just head over to my podcast and search yeah. through my previous guests, and you I can will. just cherry pick some fantastic ones. That is true. I do listen to it, actually. Yeah, <laughs> thank you. Thank you for pointing that out. So um, let's let's move on. Let's um, let's talk about some of your um, recent posts because you've been cranking out some really. I feel you've been cranking out some really interesting stuff. Um, 
And you talked um, in one of your posts, you know, are you um, suitable to be a freelancer? Um, I thought that was a, a interesting thing. So, you know, of the kind of junior people, people looking at freelancing, would you get what are some of the key things you would suggest that they, you know, they've got to have or they've got to think about before going down a, a freelance kind of career path? Uh, I think probably the biggest thing is to realize that uh, freelancing, so let's say I'm a, I'm a developer or somebody's a photographer, whatever it is they do, uh, and you love that thing and you think people will pay me money to do this thing, so you hang out your shingle uh, and what uh, even I didn't realize as a very young freelancer was uh, you are also your accountant, you're uh, the janitor, you're the salesman. Uh, you're your marketing team. Um, there are so many different hats that you have to wear uh, in order to get, you know, that one paycheck. Uh, so just being aware of that and, you know, if those are – and certainly those are roles that you can grow into. But if you're adamantly opposed to, like, if you just want to do photography, if you focus on your skill and what you do well uh, without the business side of it, you know, you might be better off being an employee uh, rather than self-employed, um, yeah, I, 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 I went off and forgot what the original question was. Yeah, I, I have that problem. <laughs> uh, um, uh, <laughs> the, I'm sure. I'm sure all of us in the views have that problem. Um, would you, you know, if you had a young person um, that was coming for some advice, female or male, and they were looking to, you know, go into the WordPress development, you know, you you got Odesk, you got Elancer, you, you've got a lot of people offshore. Um, do you think, uh, you know, obviously there will always be a place for the top developers, but most of us live in the, in the kind of intermediate world, you know, <laughs> especially English people. Um, do you think you can make a consistent, decent living? Um, and would you advise that young person to go down that route? Absolutely. There are so many jobs in the WordPress space and I don't think it's I don't think it's all gotta be either Elance or these, you know, top tier developers. I think there's plenty of, of middle ground uh to be had. I mean I'm, i see people looking for uh, somebody to help out on projects all the time. Um I think part of it is being connected to the community so that you're aware of when those opportunities are out there. Uh, and then secondly, finding, instead of going into it and setting, which was what I did, I'm going to do it all. I will be a graphic designer. I will, uh, print all your, uh, all your media. I will build your way. I, I will, I will lick your stamps. I will do it all, uh, to really, uh, niching down and finding something, uh, specific that you can excel at and then, and then going after, uh, those sorts of, products i mean excuse me those sorts of uh, projects what's your um and if i get this totally incorrect i'm sure you'll put me right um didn't i forgot the gentleman's name did you not recently interview on your own podcast i forgot the young man's name but um he specializes in wordpress um looking at wordpress sites and making them quicker oh yes uh andy adams 
Yeah, I was quite impressed with him. He, um, I thought it was a great interview. Um, so is that what you're talking about? Find a kind of marketing niche and try and aim at that? Would that be one of your key advices? Exactly. And uh, <coughs> so, for instance, I, I love meeting people, finding out what they're good at, and then just sort of filing that in my mental Rolodex. And then if I come across uh, somebody needing help in a certain area, I can flip through and say, oh, okay, here's, you two would match. Um, but you'd be surprised how many people I've asked, okay, tell me what it is that you do. Like if I see some, a job come across the wire, uh, what, and what would that job be that it would be the perfect connection uh, for you? And people have a hard time answering that. Um, so maybe it's saying, uh, you know, even uh, like I love working on WooCommerce sites or uh, whatever it is. The thing is we're, we're multifaceted and, and we have skills acro- across a wide area. Uh, but being for marketing purposes, at least being able to sell yourself on one specific aspect, I think, makes it easier for people to hire you uh, and, and connect you to the right opportunities. Um, I can only... Uh- to quickly um, put you in the pitch and, um, and hopefully our listeners will get some value from it. See, I got into, uh, I'm 52 now, and I got into web design about eight, about 10 years ago. And I had a successful business in the UK, and I got into this as a hobby. And I came over to America with my wife, my ex-wife. And I just didn't want to work for an agency. Um, I'd always, I'd been working for myself for over 20 years. And I just didn't want to be an employee. So I got into web, I took a year off and I, and I did a, a course. And I, but the actual on reflection, but I think it was still the right route for me because of my age, my, my background. But I think a lot of developers, they did, and for understandable reasons, they just concentrate on the technical skill level. But the customer management, all the soft things, they're pretty. And um, on reflection, I was a, even though I had this business experience, I was horrendous at it initially, um, and putting in. Bar- not barriers, but structure about what your relationship's going to be like from the start of the project, all these issues. I think there are other things that people got to be aware of. Would you agree with that? Absolutely. Uh, there's a, a great book called The E-Myth, and it was re-released, uh, I don't know, maybe a decade ago called The E-Myth Revisited. And for the longest time, I thought that E stood for like electronic or something to do with the internet, and it does not. It's uh, the entrepreneurial myth. Uh, but it goes back to, uh, and you know, the book starts off an example of, of a, uh, a woman that is excellent at baking pies. So she opens a bakery, but uh, quickly becomes dismayed at, you know, all the aspects of running a business and uh, anyhow, the book kind of breaks down the four four key elements of um, being a successful entrepreneur, so, and and reeling all of those into your to yourself. Um, and ooh, now I'm just kind of blabbering again. But I think, yeah, no, no, that's, that's that's very good. What you're talking about the E myth that's actually evolved about the time the internet was just starting to show up. That was in the early '90s, if anything, if earlier than that. 
Yeah, but I have suffered. For, you know, you're giving some excellent advice, Kerry, because um, I personally am a bit of in the industry. I think it's called a bit of a unicorn. Um, I, I like design, um, and I did do a master's in graphic design, but I, I've never been interested in print. And then I got into you know the coding side, and then I moved to WordPress, and I just cannot concentrate on any one thing that long and I've suffered from it financially and also there's so much to learn now isn't there Kerry you know you've got you know if you say you're a developer oh that's that's the other thing why do you think you know there's been a few articles that WordPress developers I mean intermediate to high level they actually there's indication they're paid almost 30 percent less than like Ruby on Rails and or other kind of developers. Why do you think that is? Yeah, you know, I've heard some of those same statistics, and I I don't know all the reasons behind it, but uh, speculation uh, in general that WordPress is viewed as not. Uh, if you're a WordPress de- developer, uh, you're not as serious or as skilled as someone uh, who's out. You know doing Python and C++ and, you know, Ruby developers and all, all those sorts of things. Um, Isn't WordPress just like, like a Facebook? <laughs> <laughs> I you know what? I just built a, a Facebook replica yesterday. <laughs> yeah, about three hours. $500. Here's Facebook for you, dear. <laughs> <laughs> Next, I'm working on a, a building YouTube uh, knock off tomorrow. <laughs> yeah, you can do it. No, uh, answering your question is, you know, you can do WordPress with just a basic free theme and, and do a reasonably okay job with a few hours of training, posts, blogs, things like that, right? And that's where yeah. I think the confusion starts is it's as, as complicated as anything you can imagine as you progress. Well, that's, and, that's uh, well put actually, isn't it, Kerry? What's that? Unless you use Genesis in your theme. <laughs> well, and you know, a lot of other technologies offer uh, uh, certificates or yeah. uh, licensing or something like that, giving you the okay, you've met you know X standard of of excellence. So now you can actually call yourself uh, you know a, a Microsoft certified uh, database manager or whatever, whatever it is. And no, nothing similar or remotely similar exists in WordPress. So you. Uh, have people uh, like me calling myself a developer, but and then you also have people like uh, Nason calling themselves a developer. And I mean, <clears throat> I would be embarrassed for him to even look at a piece of code I've written. So I mean, it, it, it ranges the spectrum of people yeah. who. Uh, but but also, I think. But I also think um, Morton, uh, when he was being interviewed by Adam Silver, another one of our panelists, you know, Morton came, he came from a, a photography background, and I came, I got into web development when it was just HTML and um, CSS, and then you had you know content management systems, and I started with Expression Engine, and then I. And then I rapidly got into WordPress. And to be effective at WordPress, you start to have to learn PHP. And that's my background. But then you've got other people that come into WordPress from a very traditional programming background where they do a, 
a computer science degree and but if you ask him even to knock up a basic graphic or have any kind of business logic or give any advice to a client outside hardcore development, they're totally lost. So I think that's one of the factors, you know, that there's so many people that come into WordPress from very different backgrounds. Would you agree with that? Oh, yeah. We're a melting pot. Yeah, we're a rapper, aren't we? <laughs> uh, well, just like Bill said, there's a very low barrier to entry. I mean, you could take a, a course, one of Morton's courses on Linda and, and start. I guarantee you would know at that point more than most people about web development um, and build a site for your uncle's puppy mill and, uh, you know, now you're a web developer. Yeah. I think the other factor is CSS, you know, it's not really a true programming language and people from a real computer science can be a bit dismissive. But I've also known people from that background when they're committed and they've got time uh, restraints, they've literally wanted to commit suicide because they just mentally can't cope with this. There's something about CSS that the real true computer science, science background individual can really not cope with because it's you know you why Go on, it's give us because a... it's because really hardcore programmers have no sense of what good ui looks like they're just staring in terminals all day <laughs> and so then when you put them with something <laughs> i'm so glad that, you're saying that <laughs> <laughs> when you put them in front of a, a a language that can make things beautiful of course has the potential for evil too uh it just makes them go haywire yeah, uh, but I also think CSS, you know, floats the whole thing, uh, pseudo selectors. It, it, it's a bit of art form. You got to get a feel for it. And I'll be, I haven't really developed a, a, a CSS. I've done a, for almost three years. I've just been using kind of starter themes, and I've hardly, you know, I, I miss the start of it so i'm i'm just rambling so let's get on to on your other topics that i thought was really interesting you were talking about um is there the oxygen is there the business possibility in the genesis for third-party themes um and you kind of gave some links to um, over 30 there was one link to a site that gave over 30 um sites but I actually, I'm still quite surprised that there isn't more third party. There's more, more choice, more selection at the present moment, and I, I think there's still a lot of possibilities. Would you? What, what's your thoughts about all this? Uh, I think there definitely are. Um, that article was the result of, of, you know, multiple people coming and asking me. Should I build a Genesis theme? Do you think I can make any money with a Genesis theme? Is it too narrow? Is it too too this or too that? Yeah. And at the end of the day, you know, my uh, consensus was, it all depends. Uh, you know, if first going into it with eyes wide open. So, what does it mean uh, from a resources perspective to produce a theme, uh, to market a theme, to to support a theme? Um, so. Uh, just like freelancing, there's all these other uh, aspects involved. It's not just sitting down and programming a theme. Um, that's relatively easy by comparison. Um, so, you know, one, do you want to 
do you really want to tackle all that? But uh, for people that, that want to, there's all kinds of options. Um, I mean, if you, gosh, how many themes are in the dot org repo? Thousands. I don't, I don't, it's been a while since I looked at the exact number. Um, but you take even a niche of those, say, accessible themes, which I know you can get Morton talking uh, passionately on that topic. Well, you uh, have, haven't you? That was another topic. You've uh, you've written a lot of posts about accessibility and accessibility code, haven't you? I have. I wasn't trying to make that a self-promotional, just using as an example. But uh, I, last time I looked, I think of all of those thousands of themes in the .org repo, uh, less than 20 fell into that accessible category. Uh, so to me, that in and of itself is a wide open uh, field for anybody that wants to go build themes catering to accessibility. Now, of course, maybe that's not as popular as uh, a theme with 30 sliders and million widgets that you can find up on ThemeForest or something. But all that to say, there are, there are plenty of gaps in the market uh, that it, it just kind of takes a little digging around and looking to see what those are. Yeah, it's um, it's a difficult world because you've got the whole thing of, um, you know, the actual technology of breakpoints and dealing with um, responsive design, you know, um, in technology terms, it's not that difficult, you know, but you've got all the intricacies of dealing with mobile browsers and, but it's more the planning. There's a lot, there has to, you know, I, it's not, Actually, I'm trying to change my ways. I have a tendency to want to give up for the screen and then work downwards, where most people, like if you're using Bootstrap, they work from the small screen up. And in some ways, that's probably the better. But I, I have I just have something in me that I work from the bigger screen down. Um, um, but, you know, it's... But that takes a lot, you know, to get, to get a truly responsive theme that's really been worked out. That's a lot more pre-work, isn't it? Oh, sure. And, and even of of what you're talking, or what you're talking about with that mobile first, you know, walking, going yeah. for the small screen and then getting bigger. Uh, conceptually, it's a, a little bit of a of a it mind is. shift. You know, especially if you come from the more, you know, you, you're showing your age. <laughs> Um, but um, so I, I think um, what what would you say about people that are thinking to go into the third party theme development with Genesis? Is it just the you know they've got to be aware of the support consequences, and they they've just got to have a business plan, and they just you know all the normal things if you're entering a business. Is that what they really got to look at and work out? I think so. I mean. Uh Marketing is probably the, you can build a fantastic theme and not market it well, um, and nobody buys it. <laughs> and that was, I've, I've been in that boat. Um, so yeah, just kind of having a plan and it doesn't have to be a, a truly formal business plan, but even, you know, mapping out in your head of, uh, you know, this is, this is the target instead of building a theme that's for the whole world, this is, these are the people I have in mind uh, when I'm creating this theme, and this is my plan for uh, supporting this long term uh, or short term. What you know, making those decisions up front. 
Jonathan, can, so, I, can I, I'd like going. to sort of butt in yeah, here sure. as usual. Yeah. Just, yeah, a, sure. just a follow-up to go into more detail of how you market. What do you find are your best strategies to market your service? Because I'm sure there's a lot of people that's a, that's, they struggle. They struggle with WordPress, of course, but they struggle also with the marketing side. There's a lot of small companies. They really don't need to be the WordPress developer. They need to be whatever their niche is, like you talked earlier. But then how do you market? What do you find is the most successful platforms? Do you use oh, autoresponders, email? Uh, I'm awful email at utilizing my email list. It's on my list of things to, uh, to learn and, and get better at. Uh, I've had a, a lot of trusting people give me their email address, which I appreciate, and then I, I just sit on it and don't really do very much with it. Um, uh-huh. I've tried to, uh, you know, with existing customers, send uh, uh, ongoing emails offering course they're not going to give they've already giving given you money uh but giving continuing to provide value for them in the way of uh tips or tutorials or that sort of thing um as far as that initial marketing uh i wrote so the my latest theme as we talked about uh, accessibility is is a, a big feature of that um so i wrote um accessibility series on my blog um, yeah, to try and, and get some uh, education, but also, hey, look, here it already is. Uh, and I don't know to what degree that was successful, but uh, I think, you know, basically it's getting the message to the, to the people that uh, would want your theme in the first place. And I, I'm nobody, I should just say this now, I'm nobody to give marketing advice because I'm terrible at it. Well, you have a podcast. That is marketing in itself. Right? True. I mean, office, Except for it's Office very, Hours very, FM. It is. A little Thank commercial. You. Go ahead. Uh, occasionally I sponsor uh, an episode where I, you know, this yeah, episode brought I, to you by uh, Utility uh, Pro. Yeah, but I think you're being a little bit ungracious to yourself a little bit, Kerry, aren't you? Because, you know, you, you have decided to kind of pin your flag to a very ethical um, company, Studio Press. And, you know, they're not saints, but um, they're one, I feel they're, as a team, you know, they're one of the more ethical, you know, in general, you know, most people in WordPress, if they've got a reasonable career, they're pretty decent people. But Studio Press, Brian, the two Brians, the way they run their company, the base, the, the people they hire, you know, normally a company is very, the CEO will hire people that have a similar philosophy. Um, but most of the people in work that I've dealt with in Studio Press have been pretty impressive. Um, and you kind of pinned your flag to Studio Press and Genesis. And that's not been, that's been a pretty good philosophy for you, hasn't it? Uh, as a niche, absolutely. Uh, as a matter of fact, I think it's too broad. Oh, you do. <laughs> I do, because uh, even if you look at the Genesis ecosystem, um, there's so many different areas where you can uh, serve clients or serve other developers, um, either through, either through your products or uh, through actual services. Like for instance, all the time people want Genesis customizations. They probably do with regular WordPress too. I just don't see those query inquiries. Uh, hey, I need this widget moved and, and this, 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 and these colors change and blah, blah, blah. How much would it cost to do that? Uh, and 
uh, and I've gotten to a point in my career where I, I don't take on those sorts of projects because they're, uh, you know, it's just an hour here, an hour there. It's, it's great. Well, I'm digressing. It's great when you're first starting at some point, uh, becomes a very inefficient way of, of earning money. But, uh, I mentioned that on my podcast once that that was an, an area. If somebody wanted to just do Genesis tweaks, uh, oh, and so send, send them my way, Gary. <laughs> <laughs> you want them? You want them? Well, there's well, no, there's some- no I'm, I'm building processes because you are correct, but I, um, I am actively building processes that hopefully will deal with some of the problems you're talking about. But there's, I see, I've got, there's some people at the collect, the collective is a, a co-sharing environment. The Reno the, collective. The, the Reno collective, Kerry. And there's a couple of really, um, there's a guy called Dylan, um, Clem, and he's a, they, the, him and his partner went for really big WordPress jobs, but they, there's a problem because they 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 would go on forever, and you get into a cash flow problem. Um, the sweet is the medium jobs, but everybody's after the me, you know, the, the six to ten thousand jobs that you can get done in rapidly, and then you can go on to the next one in your pipeline. But the, 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 like I say, everybody's after those. Um, and then you've got the smaller jobs, but you're right what you said, you know, that can be very inefficient. But I'm trying to work on a mythology kind of that deals with that to some extent. So send them my way, Kerry. Beautiful. All right. Get your. Uh... Do you think that could cope with my English humor? <laughs> Just have on your contact form Do you think Monty Python is funny? And if, yeah, they, that's what, if they check yes, then they're they're all right, they aren't they? Through. Yeah. If they don't, if they don't watch it, I've got to be a bit ca- careful, haven't I? If they don't check it, you just add another hundred percent to the cost. Yeah, well, I've learned that anyway. <laughs> so that or first, you just you redirect them to double, uh, somebody else's website. Double the cost, right. yeah. You're in, no, you're so, um, so you know, we had this quick, you know, we'll probably wrap it up in the next few minutes. Yeah. But we had this initial conversation about, you know, me struggling to learn um, Genesis and I, I, I plug away. So if somebody, you know, has got, a re- you know, some knowledge of WordPress and they're looking at Genesis and they want, you know, to really just not, they want a heavily modify a startup Genesis theme or some of the commercial themes, you know, you, you know you've taught it on lynda.com and you, you've done a lot of educational pieces. What Are there any tips and tricks that you could give our audience about the process of, so that it's not quite such a struggle? Sure. Uh, the first thing would be when you're dealing with Genesis, even though they call it a framework, it's actually a parent theme. So by the time you get your hands on any other theme for Genesis, it's, it's already a child theme. Um, so you're going to, that's the theme that you're going to modify. In the WordPress you know, world, if you saw a theme you really uh, liked, you would use that as a parent theme and then make all your customizations via child theme. In Genesis, there's, that dynamic doesn't quite exist because there is no grandchild theme. Um, so that child theme that you take, uh, consider it yours to never be, updated because all the updates happen to Genesis, not your child theme, uh, and just tear it apart and make it your own. So edit the CSS files directly, edit the functions file directly. Um, there's, you know, you don't have to go that extra step to a, a, an additional theme. And then the second thing would be, um, 
get your hands on as many theme, Genesis themes as you can. And there's quite a few free ones out there. Um, or buy the developer pack for, from Studio Press. It's like a $350 investment. Uh, but if you're planning to do this and make money off of it, it's a, it's a good investment. Um, and then just pick, pick themes apart. So take, say, like the Parallax Pro theme um, that has, you know, those nice scrolling parallax effects. You want to know how to do parallax? Well, go deconstruct that theme uh, and see, <coughs> excuse me, how that's all working. Um, so that would be my best advice, just sort of uh, deconstructing right. and working directly in the child theme. Bill, my co-host Bill's got a couple of quick questions yeah, for you, Kerry. That's really good. Kerry, what you just said was uh, fascinating because that's really the step I'm probably heading next. I've been using Genesis with Dynamic primarily, which is an easy uh, building site, and I've built a lot of web pages, and mostly for podcasting and also collecting email and uh, using other, other elements, uh, squeeze pages, of course. But uh, those are those are really good. So we've got about Jonathan. We've got about ten more minutes left. We can seven to ten more minutes. We can wrap it up. But as we uh, go into the end, there's some things that people always ask. They want to know, especially in your business, how do you manage your time? Are there any tricks? Oh, because it's really easy to lose a big block of time. I did it yesterday. Especially talking to English geezer on a Wednesday yeah. afternoon. Well, for example, I got behind yesterday, and I'm behind today, and that's why you know. You, you get into something and you lose a block of time. How do yeah. you manage your time? Good question. Oh, gosh. Somebody else asked me that just very recently, and I, I had to confess that I'm not the best of uh, time managers. Um, but my probably the biggest help is uh, shutting down social media mm-hmm. uh, and only you know checking it at certain times of the day. Um, or, you know, maybe cracking it open if I have a question to ask someone or, or just a comment. I, I cannot wait until lunchtime to make, uh, open up tweet dick and go. But generally speaking, get rid of those distractions because, oh, you can suck yourself down. a. Uh, I mean, you can lose 30 minutes or an hour in, in no time flat. Um, the other thing I found really helpful was to have a plan, uh, have a plan for the day before you ever sit down at your desk. So today before I uh, wrap up my day, I'll, um, I actually use a little tool called Todoist, but um, I'll have it mapped out what, what are the things that I need to take care of. So as soon as I come to my desk, I don't have to know, where was I? Uh, I can just pick right, you know, right up where I left off. Um, that would, that's been a, a huge helper. Uh, do that both weekly and daily. Uh, and then the other one would be uh, uh, the Pomodoro technique, which is the, uh, you know, work for 25 minutes, take a five-minute break. Um, and with those, I have, there's a little timer I love. It's called Tomato Timer. Uh, and it's just a little online timer. I'm sure there's other ones besides Tomato Timer. But you, you know, set the timer, go, and just have 25 minutes of distraction-free uh, whatever it is you're doing. Um, and then, you know, you get it for five minutes, take a little breather, come back and do it again. And it's a great way to have focused productivity. Um, I even started doing that to handle my, e- my inbox. Uh, so I know that I've only got 25 minutes to make it back down to inbox zero. So I thought you, go I thought you were going to say, I thought you were going to say that's how you manage your personal life. <laughs> Oh no! I've only got twenty five minutes to drink this beer. That's very good. I mean, you're you're more advanced than most when you're talking about Pomodoro technique. 
in which you can Google that and find it. It's pomodorotechnique.com. But uh, I've heard a couple of people talk about Pomodoro Technique in this business because one thing is it's a balance. You get isolated in programming, working by yourself, and you start sidetracking where I can look at this. So it's very good. That's, a, that's a very good. Um, you have some excellent techniques. A couple other questions, and you actually start to answer one. Outside of WordPress, is there any tool that you really like in, the, in this world of uh, online um, I do, I've really enjoyed Todoist. Yes, um, it's from, from the uh, getting things done philosophy, which essentially is whenever something pops into your brain, which all of us, it happens all the time, um, to be able to immediately get that out of your brain and onto a piece of paper or, uh, you know, in this app, uh, so that then your brain is back free to do as it was. You don't have to think, okay, well, I was trying to remember all these things. Um, so big fan of Todoist and That's, other software-wise. What about content? I've, I've, do, you, do you use a, a project management system at all? I don't. Uh, <gasps> you, that is, you don't, you don't, you go. <laughs> part of the reason for that is just the typical project size I work on. And because I'm solo, uh, I don't need a, a a lot to manage it. Uh, I've worked, you know, with other folks or been brought in as a, a subcontractor and, um, you know, fit into whatever system they're using. But yeah, shamefully, Can- most of the time email is enough to, yeah, well, it's difficult, isn't it? If you're working, so a lot of your work is direct with client rather than in-house, in trade. Is mm-hmm. If that's the case, you know, it's probably best not to use because they're going to bulk at it, aren't they? They're, they're, gonna, <laughs> they're, they're not, they're not going to use it, are they? So there's no point, is there? So, it depends. I mean, I know some people are hardcore about making their clients, you know, all use yeah. the same system, but... I I want to be as you know as low friction as possible. My job is to yeah. make it less stressful yeah. for for clients. And- yeah, I I agree with you there. You know, I think trying to do that. My experience is it doesn't work anyway, and it just it's yeah. I totally agree with you. Got another question, Bill? Yeah, last question. This is a really important question. It's a really Ooh. important question. Actually, Ooh. I could have Ooh. two questions, but I'm only going to ask Ooh. one. Tell us about your labs and the rescue dogs. <laughs> 30 seconds or less that's like the question yeah and, uh, and you can find them on about on your wordpress site which is uh, oh carriedales.com about and they're on the bottom and it's a beautiful picture they look like gorgeous labs they're yeah they're real sweet boys they're both about uh, three or four three and a half we don't know exactly how old they are because you know we got them through right. uh, a rescue foundation but uh good looking mm. dogs they love to play ball uh oh. jealous of each other if i'm petting one the other one comes up and rams his head aside so we can both of them have to be getting equal equal pets equal loves oh, of uh, sweet sweet guys terrible as guard dogs because they just want to love people like you but yeah Oh, very, very good, Kerry. So, Jonathan, finish it up, and uh, oh, I just want to talk about the Labradors now. I, I, I had. Um, I was going to ask her what her favorite food was too, but that's... Oh, Labradors are much more important. Um, I had one in England for thirteen years, actually, Nelson. Um, Nelson. He was a yeah Labrador Newfoundland English lab. Well, no, he was a Newfoundland. Yeah, yeah, Labrador. Newfoundland. Okay, okay. He was enormous, Kerry. He was like. He was like 130 pounds, and he used—he was just a monster. I, I called him the beast. 
Did he have the big uh, blocky head? Oh, yeah. He was just a beast of animal, you know. But um, he had a thing about swans and water. Obviously, you would have the thing about oh. the water. But he always thought the swans would be friends and they weren't too keen. Okay, I'm going to still ask her. And I'll, I'm done. What's your favorite food out at Texas? Tex-Mex? Oh, oh. I, I love nachos. Oh, yeah. Spicy? Oh, yeah. You got everything down there. You got the barbecue. You got the Tex-Mex, well, yeah. the chilies. You haven't, got this fi- you haven't got this fixation like Matt about barbecue, then. No, no. I mean, I, I do love barbecue, but I don't need it for every meal. You have down there, don't they use the rub barbecue and all sorts of different combinations? That's yeah, definitely dude, barbecue. Some, some dry rubs and some are... The, the, uh, the dividing line, I think, is probably the Mississippi River for, you know, if you're west or east of how you prep your barbecue sauce. Do you know this fact about Matt? He's actually in the Guinness Book of Records for eating the most chicken nuggets. Oh my god. <laughs> Did you know that? He's got to come on the show now. Thank you for tuning in today to WP Tonic. I hope you've enjoyed this episode. For more information, go to WPTonic.com. And for products, you can always go to WPTonic.com and NewMediaGold.com. Until next time, go out and have a chicken McNugget and think of Matt.